0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Wolford, I am your host, and we are the podcast about bad, embarrassing, mishap auditions and disasters that happen behind the casting room doors. Myself and a guest each week go through the listener submission emails about what happened to you and read them out as anonymously as we can, whilst sharing a couple of our own. This week, I am joined by a dear friend of mine, and this is a first for the podcast, someone who I have auditioned.
1: Ooh,
0: so I know exactly what this person is like in an audition room. And we even talk about it because I completely forgot that his audition for me was a bit of a nightmare. (laughs) Um, He is the wonderful professional actor, clown, and comedian, Mr. Josh Harvey. He's done loads of different things. He's worked in commercials, he's worked in live theatres, he's worked in a lot of different things and we also discuss his move towards more screen-based performing as well so as you're listening to the show make sure you're tweeting us we are at don't call us pod on twitter and instagram and all that and also email in your stories to us. We've had some absolutely brilliant stories, which we talk about a few today. Uh, We're at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. Please, please share your stories with us. They're all anonymous. No one will know it was you unless it was you and you go, yep, my bad. (laughs) So without further ado, I will let the episode start and begin and you can enjoy Josh's stories and our conversation all about how auditions affect him. And we obviously start the episode with that very question. What do auditions mean to you?
1: Well, I mean, I've spent probably, I spent like the first three years of being an actor, being kind of very apprehensive, nervous, and I don't think I got enough, like, I don't think I had enough good experiences in the beginning to set me up for enjoying auditions. But I mean, I've kind of trained my my mind over the last kind of like six, seven or eight years now to to go in and in, to enjoy it. And just, I think Brian Cranston said something really, really, um, uh, really important for me when I was um, in, in that period of kind of recognising how I felt about it. Was he, he always said, the audition is the job. And then if you get the job after that, it's just a bonus. So you're just going in with the mindset of the audition is is me just doing my
0: job. So, that's, I mean... It's like that's the hard work, isn't it? That's the bit you need to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm... Yeah, I've, I think I do... Predominantly, I do a lot of commercial auditions and I do a lot of theatre auditions. So for me, TV castings and films isn't something I have loads of experience in, which is why I'm now having to, like, train in tv castings to prepare me for those
0: situations better Um, they're very different and i think yeah those performers like you said who who, like yourself who maybe haven't had that experience in that particular world they're run very differently as well
1: yeah and they're not really built for dyslexics either because (laughs) a lot of the time you're going to get given sides and maybe a lot of reading 20 minutes before you go in and they expect you to bring something to the character as well as being able to pretty much remember what is on the page. Um, so sight reading is something I've had to build up. But yeah, my feeling is, is like go in there. Um, and, and, and I always think of it in a way that they are, they're lucky to meet you. They're lucky to, you know, see you. absolutely, And they're, they're gonna, you know, they're looking, they're looking for someone like you, you know, that's they why they've invited to meet you. you in. They want, the and they, they, they want want to, to meet you and they want to cast someone good. And if, you know, you should have the confidence. I think we're all so worried these days about saying when we're good at things. I think we're always very nervous about saying you know, this, I'm, this is my strength, you know, I'm confident in doing this. And I think people get very nervous because they think it's not humble or they think they're going to be recognised as arrogant. And, you know, there are some things I'm definitely weak at and I'm awful at lots of things. And I kind of pride myself at being very clumsy and, and uh, you know, but I, you know, there's some things I think, I think I'm a funny person. I think I'm fine. You I'm are not gonna a funny be, I'm not going to be funny for you right now. I might in this podcast. I might be dreadfully unfunny. <laughs> a really but-
0: somber affair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think you know you you should you should go. Well, you know I you know this is my craft. I've just punched my microphone. This is my craft. <laughs> I'm going to go in. They're here to enjoy it. You know and and yeah. If you you can go into a dark headspace sometimes. Of you know I think sometimes you can want something so much or want something too much that you can psych yourself out
0: yeah so uh, this is the first podcast that i've recorded with somebody that i have cast in a show Mm. so i have the 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 wonderful benefit of knowing what you're like in an audition room and you were fantastic and that was a long time ago that was so long ago what was that like
1: seven years i I mean i wasn't engaged that's how long ago it was
0: like they all blend into one and that was a and that was a pretty sketchy audition. It was. Hey, come on. It was fun. But the whole point is that was for a brand new children's show that I wrote. And yeah. we were casting. So that kind of audition was fun because we didn't... We knew roughly where we wanted to go with it. But we were writing it for the people that we met. And when we meet someone like you, because we know that we need someone with huge character, with good musical ability, and a really good kind of presence for younger audiences... Do you remember what happened, Chris? No, go on.
1: (laughs) So I walked in and then when I unzipped my ukulele, uh, it was in half. Yes, I do. Because when I was on the tube, I sat on my ukulele and the neck of my (laughs) ukulele snapped off. And I walked in. I didn't have anything. So I just walked in and went, "Um, I was going to play you a song on the ukulele, but I've I've snapped my ukulele because I sat on it on the tube, and then you all just laughed at me and then said, "But that's that's exactly it. We needed
0: someone open and fun." And oh my god, I remember it now. I glued that beast back together, and then you know you were an absolute nightmare. No, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I was nothing less. No, Um, you were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Josh played. uh... (laughs) God, a policeman. A policeman in a a, a wonderful kind of storybook land uh, show with a beautiful Humpty Dumpty puppet. God, I miss that Humpty Dumpty puppet. He was pretty hot. He was great. You know, he was custom made. Yeah. Who who else is selling a Humpty Dumpty puppet?
1: Oh, we were just going to say, we had him waving out the back of our window whilst we were on the tour bus up and down the country. (laughs) Like, we just have him waving at people in cars and they'd be like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) But he was pretty cool, Humpty.
0: But yeah, I I like the fact that I know what you were like in auditions, um, and that day that we saw you under the table for about four mm. hours, very kindly, a local restaurant in the Covent Garden area had seen that we were doing auditions, and just delivered us a load of food. Oh wow! Yeah, well, just you know, we said, oh, we'll come and check you out one time when they tweeted us good luck, and they said, where are you? And we said, we're in the the club for acts and actors. What did you Action? get? The CAA. It was, it was an American, it doesn't exist anymore, I don't think, but is was an, like an American kind of, uh, Southern kitchen barbecue restaurant. Oh, so it was loads of fried yeah. chicken, like collard greens, uh, ribs and ch- it was amazing. Oh, mate, but we were like, great. but we were, there were so many people to see that we were like, we really want to stop for some food, but we can't stop for food. So <laughs> in between people, we had like 35 seconds to slam some fries into our face, which oh, is yeah. not a process I'm a stranger to, but <laughs> But it, I I was really worried that when you walked into the room it would absolutely stink a fried chicken.
1: I think that's one I think that's the thing I want in auditions. I think I, that we've just worked it out. I think if I go every time I go to an audition there should be food. If you're not paying me for my time, but if I'm turning up and there should be like a little buffet. Well,
0: I always brought sweets to the auditions. I had yeah. a big bowl of sweets to the auditions. So that was that was a thing that I tried to do because you need that sugar boost afterwards if you put all energy into it. I mean, it's
1: not fried chicken. I mean, I'm vegetarian, so it wouldn't do much for me. But like, if you had an you can American, it f-
0: throw it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> I hate it. Now, Thank you very much, play Josh my for track. <laughs> singing for us. Uh, would you like a, a thigh or a wing? Uh, have you got a <laughs> vegan option? <laughs> very good. <laughs> or singing with a mouthful of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I I have. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I've done that before on stage when someone caught me out in an improv show. Oh, dear. Right. I'm going to hit you with uh, the first submitted story of the week. Go on. Go for it. Uh, this is from an actor who was going for an actor muso children's show. She starts. I once had an actor muso audition for a studio panto production of Jack and the Beanstalk. I was told to bring my instrument and that would be all that was needed. So it was already quite vague. I quite like that. (laughs) Just turn up with your flute, please. Okay. I turned up and it was a group workshop improv audition. I didn't know this. On entering the mirrored studio, you could see the mirrors were artfully adorned with photocopied pages of A4. Once introductions and warm-up games had been and gone, we were told to go and look at the walls. So we did. The photocopies were all about farmyard chickens. Photos, facts, conditions for egg laying... You name anything about a chicken and it was probably up there, except maybe the answer to what came first, the egg or the chicken. We were told to pick out meaningful phrases and then to begin improvising the physicality and vocal sounds of a chicken. After a long time of clucking, brooding and strutting, we were then directed to discover our instruments, which were laid around the space. Lovely use of the word laid there. Yeah. As the chicken (laughs) and begin playing them as chickens and begin to jam as chickens. This sounds horrible. Because what kind that's of what monsters
1: <laughs> have set up this situation for these actors, who are all adults, by the way? I don't know why they've done this. Do they Hang hate on.
0: actors? There's more. <laughs> then, as chickens with instruments, we were to begin to tell the story of Jack and the Beanstalk from the chickens' point of view. <laughs> this ordeal probably lasted three hours.
1: i hope she was auditioning for a chicken i don't think any of us have looked at eggs the same way since how many how this is my question how many chickens are in jack and the beanstalk well i was just thinking this when i was reading it. there's like the hen in the giant's house right that's more than i knew i can imagine this would be fine if it was for mother goose the panto
0: is chicken singular not chickens plural
1: yeah, I mean, I mean ev- yeah, that sounds intense. I mean, that's one of those <laughs> group and she didn't even know it was a group workshop audition, so she just turned up and was like, "Oh, that's and I can't leave now." So <laughs> I th- I don't think anyone really enjoys workshop auditions. We all have a mild hatred to them whatever they are because it's it's a lot of effort. Also sounds a bit degrading. I mean, I can't imagine doing that for three hours. I mean, I, I, I've i personally, I've done a few workshop auditions, but if I had to do that much rubbish, I'd probably start <laughs> doing it. I'd be doing it ironically. I mean, as I think, because we all, I think most people generally dislike workshop auditions anyway. I think, especially for theatre shows and especially for a panto, I think, I think because we generally all dislike them, we should just go in with you know an attitude of it will be what it is anyway and i'm sure you know once you come out of it you're fine with it i think it's just because you're juggling more than than just your own um performance you also have to like choose a moment to have a spotlight you can't you have to be gen. you have to be generous which i think is a good skill anyway but like it's very difficult when there's loads of personalities in the room and like you're having to like yeah. sometimes they get you to devise and they watch you as you devise and so it's not like a it's not like a an authentic situation of of creating theatre or comedy or whatever you're doing because you're being you're being actively judged on how you're interacting with human beings which is 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 a is a very it can be a very damning scenario. I'm a very loud person. I choose my moments and I like everyone to be involved and I, I I, kind of act as sometimes like a glue and like I throw ideas out there. But I'm very aware that I'm loud. So I know that I can, um, I can shape that. But like for some other people, you can be in a room full of people who honestly don't give a shit and you might yeah, not get heard and you might not, you know, at least with a you're being in a pairing or in a three or you're on your own it's you get you get the chance to deliver what you came to deliver i think
0: you might also not have chemistry with anyone else in the room mm. you know when it say for instance you, you know you go through the casting process of a, a play or something there might be it might be a four-hander mm. those four people will, that are going to be on stage are going to have good chemistry on stage whether yeah. they like each other or what is irrelevant but they will have good chemistry on stage but if you're putting a workshop audition and there may be a 50 people going for the play in total you might end up with people that you just don't creatively gel with and then that's that's the skill mm. of that kind of audition and it is hard and going into your first workshop audition is is a tough it's a tough thing like you said do you think it's how important do you think it is to be likable
1: in an audition how much do you think that comes into it when you're casting
0: someone i think i i mean i can only speak from my personal experience of casting things but it's a big thing because you have to know that you're going to be working with this person for mm. any anywhere from 2 weeks to a year or two if mm. it's a, you know if it's a big west end show or something or if it's a, a long tour you have to think of the conditions of work you have to think of is it going to be an intense situation is it going to be a bit more of a relaxed process? Have you? What's your rehearsal time like? You still have to know that you're going to be able to get on with these people, and and, and if you're a performer at least as well, mm. yes, it's a job, and that should always come first. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you know, you, to be a likable person, you're going to people are going to want to work with you a little bit more if you're, you know, you have a nice demeanor about you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it depends on the 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 person casting it or the director because that might be more or less important to that person as they might not be spending that much time with the person. I've worked with some like incredibly incredibly talented people who behind the scenes are they're a nightmare to be around. It's 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 it can be very difficult. But you can see that when they're on stage or they're on screen, you're like, wow, you're you're really impressive. I can see why they cast you, but they had no idea what you'd be like to spend. You know, three hours an evening in a dressing room with or in a tour bus or whatever. So, yeah, it, it, I suppose it comes down to like the balance of what, what the director or the, the casting
0: director wants. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite an introvert when I'm not on, as it were. Like, yeah. whenever I was performing in a show, I'm the kind of person who'd find his like pattern in the show. If mm. I, there's quite a few shows that I've done that where I've been on stage from the first scene till the last second so that it doesn't count for that but say for instance if you're in a uh, a panto and you, you're a certain role you know you might have six or seven scenes that on stage go on for like 10 minutes a piece that mm. you're not on stage for so i'll you know i'll set up a playstation or something and and get it or put a movie on a box set. and no actually i've got 20 minutes here i can fit one episode of this in if i've got the tannoy on so I'm the kind of I would always be the one to like sit quietly and and do that, and but I'm quite a loud person anyway. So that introvert extrovert balance is it was always hard. But I would always yeah. like you said you, and I think this comes with age and, and experience within the industry as well. When you are in how, old, old, how old are you now, Chris? I'm 32. You old man? <laughs> no, like I'm I'm 30 next <laughs> week. next week no no next month next month oh right oh well i retract that i'll send you a text oh (laughs) but it's i think the more you know it's like anything the more experience you have the the easier it is but when you're when i used to go into auditions and maybe it was you know seven or eight years into my performing career i could i like you said i can see those people who it's one of their first workshop auditions and it's more overwhelming than they think Mm. so i was always one to like you said kind of be that glue, it was a great phrase you used to just go it's all right, we're all in the same boat. Let's just go on with it, but i I always preferred to just go into a workshop audition, not a group warm up, not anything like that. I'm ready. I just want to go on with it because yeah it's hard, yeah, let's crack on. let's crack on. <laughs> I think I can recall
1: like one one workshop audition where I came out and I was just like, I had a really good time, and it was. For a company called Watch Your, he- mm. Oh, we're not mentioning companies, are we? Oh, oh but it's, it's a good one. one you can. Oh, they were a company <laughs> called Watch Your Head, and I did a, a show at the. Um, we rehearsed at the Buckingham Palace, and we did, did a show. You really? At, yeah, and we did the, our uh, Christmas show at the Windsor Castle, and um, and there was a, a, a director called Sasha and a, and a and a panel of people, and it was really really fun and like we like they I, there was a lot of like improv games and like but you didn't have to know improv. It was just sort of just messing around and we just like dicked around and it was a it was a really good experience and I felt totally comfortable and free to be a complete idiot and then I think because of that they got the best out of all of us even though there were bits that weren't good there were bits that were good and I think that's 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 the that's the way it should be rather than where you know you guys are in a group of four everyone pair up okay we want you to work on this for 2 minutes and then we're going to you know we're going to see them and um and then you know half people will stay and then half the people will go home if we don't call your name you know that's enough for today and and um and then I'm going to get a, a gun and um and shoot the people who didn't make it sorry so yeah. um
0: that's not a bad idea right <laughs> yeah add that in <laughs> So come on, hit me with a hit me with a time in an audition for you that it didn't quite go the way you were expecting the day to go. <laughs> okay, um, so uh,
1: one that happened to me recently which was uh it did well i mean i didn't even get in the room actually because i turned oh, up no. uh to um spotlight studios i walked in and uh, i went to the to the little reception desk and uh, i said hello um i'm here uh, for, uh, for casting for blah blah my name's josh harvey i said oh we she said uh, we don't have you on the list and i was like Oh, that's embarrassing. You know, flicking through your emails, looking to, you know, trying just to, to find the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, well, it should be on there for, for two o'clock. Um, and I looked on the email. It said two o'clock. I was like, I'm here, you know, good time. I'm here five minutes early, you know. Um, don't want to spend too long in the room. Look at all the people that look a bit like me. Um, and, and then and she was like, no, you're, you're definitely not on here, I'm afraid. Um, and I said, oh, it does say two o'clock. And then I showed her the email and she said, oh, it is two o'clock. Um, but for next Tuesday... <laughs> and i was a week early and uh ev- and there was also five other people in the room who saw and heard that and they they uh they all smiled and laughed as i sort of walked out the door and got back on the tube to go home so that was one which <laughs> was uh
0: a bit of a non on time for the next week uh no i missed it I oh no <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I did i did i get there um i once got i once got an email from my agent about an audition um I can't remember what it was for, but it, you know, when you, sometimes you get invited to an audition and it's at a place you've just never heard of. Yeah, and the red flag goes up. You're like, why? Ah, why it, are they I'm auditioning like, in a caravan park? <laughs> it was a long, it was a long way away, a long way away, and it was it was way back in a time that Google Maps wasn't what it is now. Did so? Is, I got there. Did you become part it, of a drug cartel? Is this what? Yeah, you're about to Yeah, tell yeah, me? yeah i had to follow the the pink chalk on the floor just to find where i was going and it was it it was one of the i want to say it was like a studio within like a college or something it was a, 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 obviously a studio that was just oh, being okay. hired out for the day yeah and i at the time i was living in dartford so i had to get from dartford to like west 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 london somewhere i've never heard of and it was a long. it was a good like two hour commute to get there on a blazing hot afternoon it said to go dressed a certain way i think it was a, a shirt and trousers because it was something so i did i had my rep folder everything lunch water bottle everything turned up the gates are locked
1: wow and it was like
0: two in the afternoon so it it wasn't like i was first there and i was early okay so was like, okay went around the building so sort of thought i wonder if it's um the back no the back's locked as well so and then i saw a thing saying uh ring for security and it was her phone number so i rang the phone number said hello i'm here for uh, this audition da, da, da. no there's no no there's no one here we're locked up oh i went okay well again like you i checked the emails like yeah i've, I've definitely thing and and i even had a, a, a good luck email from from my agent at the time
1: so i don't know. how kind
0: so i rang my agent i said i you know I'm here that I can't find anyone. Could you email them and and say it was but I didn't you know it was, things were run right a bit different then it's like can you just tell them i'm here and and to come and get me and then I got sent a number, which was great, so I called them. I was a month early. Wow, that is a month a, that is early and I looked back at it, and I had actually been given the wrong information i they literally told me to go uh, don't, i think it maybe was the 6th of june or the don't 7th try of, and palm this of off as their fault chris you no, were no, no, a month it was like, early <laughs> we looked, we looked at it later and it was either the 6th or the 7th or the 7th or the 6th okay either way it had been written incorrectly yeah and i'd been told to go a whole month early that I was is just a lot like, i and but the thing is i couldn't go on the day that they wanted me to go because i had a gig oh man i booked well, for a wedding so i was like oh well, i've missed it <laughs> So I didn't, I, I was like, please, I don't, I haven't led you on, please. <laughs> I just couldn't do what it. What a nightmare. Oh dear. But So yeah, going, going early is, is I'm sure everyone's gone early or, or missed the time or something, but it just shows attention to detail is really important.
1: That's probably the only reason I would probably take up a job on a reception somewhere, just so I could see the look on people's faces when they were early for an
0: audition. <laughs> I used to work in a cinema and that used to happen all the time. Oh really? People would book, people would book tickets for things and just assume that they booked it on a certain day and yeah. turn up like the day after and they're, and they're like say it was for like i don't know it was a twilight film or something at the time like something that was massively sold yeah, out yeah. way in advance they're like i come for a twilight at four o'clock scan it go sorry it's, that was yesterday they're like ah oh, okay we'll refund that and get another one but no it's sold out till next week they're like what,
1: <laughs> what? that happened to me and my wife for star wars <laughs> she booked no josh we was around christmas time a couple of years ago and we went they the thing is is they let us into the screening and then we went to the seats and we were with someone in them my wife's parents and we were we went over and we were and literally the film the the credits were just coming up and we were like i'm really sorry you're you're in our seats and they were like um we're, we're not and I was like, oh, and it was like packed. It was a huge screening. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. It was like I really sorry, we, we've got the numbers. We, you're, you're in the seats that we, we've got the, on the tickets. And then he was like, oh, well, let me show you our tickets. And then he had a ticket saying like J7 and we had a ticket saying J7. And then we just stood there. We didn't know what to do for like, <laughs> for like a whole minute, which felt like the entirety of the film. We just stood in everyone's way and we're like, oh, my God. The cinema have double booked the seats. This
0: is which can never, happen. which can happen. Really?
1: Wow. We yeah, were, it can happen. We were like, oh man, this is Accidentally, the, but- the one thing we didn't want to happen. And then the guy pointed out, he was like, oh, the, these are for tomorrow. And we were like, oh, at
0: least you hadn't missed
1: it. You were just early. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we um, we went back and we bought tickets for that day and we blah, blah blah blah, but yeah, it's fine. Oh, um, one of my <laughs> more tragic casting stories is um, I went to a uh, a commercial casting for um, a it's like a baby cream. It's called like Babrupa, Bupa, Bupa, Crew. Oh, Bupacru. hang on! I,
0: I mean, I have a child. I should know this. It's a cream for nappy rash. Hang on. Have you I've heard of that? Busca... No. Busca...
1: Uh... Yeah. what? No, no not... Buscapan is Buscapan Pan is an idea thing. Pan is for uh... <laughs> stomachs. Uh, don't give that to a baby. Um, please. Uh... Bepanthen. Bepanthen. It was for that. It was for baby cream. They wanted, like, young dads who kind of look like, you know, friendly, beardy dads. And they wanted to go in and they would be with a baby and they would... Pretend to change the nappy of the baby, and and then whisper some funny things to the baby. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna to do a, a screen test with a baby. I, I love babies. I think that it could be really really fun. And I went in, and then there was there was two babies with mums that went in with the guys. Um, but they didn't have enough babies to for every casting. So the people who didn't get a baby got one of these lifelike toy babies oh to no do.
0: creepy <laughs> it was
1: re- i mean i can keep a straight face but the casting director she was actually quite firm and quite direct and she didn't not waste time she was just like we're getting this done she was military so i it's went she'd been in a room with crying babies for six oh, hours. Oh, that That's is true i mean i yeah that is yeah <laughs> um so i went in and she was like we don't have a real baby for you josh i'm afraid but we do have this toy baby and i was just like oh that's totally fine you know when you're trying to like you know smile through it that's cool and i was just i found it hilarious for like the first take but anyway (laughs) she was like there was a script and so i had to whisper to this baby and and you know i wanted to do a good job because you, you gotta be sensitive to these situations when you know you if I was to have a real baby, I wanted to show that I could be, you know, you know, like, I don't really look at myself and think that person could have another human life right now. So it was difficult for me to think I would have a baby, but I'm sure all people still people are still surprised that I've got one. So I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> wouldn't know worry. how you've coped with a child. <sighs> We're getting a test one though. We're getting a kitten next month, so we'll talk more Hello. about that in a second. But um, yeah. So I walk in, and then so I've got I've, I'm on I'm in front of the camera. I've done my little white end, and then she gives me the the baby, and uh, I think it was the second take, and she was like, "Oh, just want to redirect you slightly. Do this, this, and this, and you know, try and be a bit more a bit more um a bit more soothing, a bit more gentle, and and be kinder to the baby." And 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 I was like, "Okay, that sounds great," and and um, she was like, "Okay." Take it away whenever you're ready. And uh, I started to, you know, soothe the baby and I was changing the nappy and I was doing sort of sort of manly sort of baby talk to the baby without sounding too sort of like a, a little um, puppy. And and as I started sort of changing the nappy, uh, I accidentally uh, pressed the button directly on its belly button. And when you push this button on the belly button, the baby just started going, Oh, no <laughs> <laughs> feed me feed me oh, where oh, where feed me feed me and it does that for 20 seconds until it stops and so I oh, just no. had I just I just looked at her, she looked at me and she was expecting me to maybe carry on and I just stood awkwardly holding this <laughs> this now noise machine uh, of a baby and it just went on for ages. And she I don't think she knew that that happened, so she looked really confused and panicked. I looked confused and panicked. I was holding a fake baby um, <laughs> it was uncomfortable for everyone and then and then I put the baby down and and she was said that's that's great, that's all we'll need and I knew from that moment. <laughs>
0: I wasn't going to get to hold a real baby. <laughs> is it Was it like one of those ones that they have on Love Island when they just wake up and the babies have appeared? Which I can guarantee you is not how babies happen. I'm afraid I've never watched <laughs> Love Island, but... Yeah, keep it that way. But no, it's <laughs> it, like they get these super realistic babies that, that are as heavy as a baby is, they react to soothing. No, there was... there Was, was those, it like a little they used to give you them and you in CPR? Year,
1: they used to give you them in, in year 10, didn't they? W- when they used to pair you up and make you look after these like AI yeah, like babies. Those. It wasn't one of those. It was
0: like the Poundland Glorified version Tamagotchi. of... Yeah, it was like the Poundland version of that. So it doesn't always go to plan the other side of the table either. Uh, just like that casting director wasn't quite expecting your baby to explode into this cacophony of noise of going ah feed me sometimes it doesn't quite go to plan uh for, for creative panel as well and uh, we've had an email in from uh, a producer it's quite a short story but i <laughs> oh i don't know what i would have done if i was either of these people he says we were auditioning for a new piece of writing and the scene we'd asked the performers to prepare was quite a dramatic one now the audition for this particular performer was going great and they were holding our attention throughout the scene until they decided to try and exit the room in dramatic fashion at the end of the scene. Now, instead of using the door that they came through, they decided to try and exit through the fire door, which was a push door. But they pulled on it, snapping the handle in half. The panel burst out laughing and completely broke the tension, but we ended up having to pay for a replacement door handle, which cost us hundreds of pounds.
1: Oh, Christ. A story, uh, a sp-
0: scene. <laughs> I don't know if the performer got the job or if it was deducted up their wages, but oh, what do you do? You, say, you, can't, you can't say no, 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 no in the middle <laughs> Just let it I happen. Was, Just let, let it half happen. Ex- half expecting them to say it was a fake door fire exit and the person went two floors down or something, but oh, how much force would they have had to pull if the handle snapped in half? Yeah, I mean, who was who was in the casting? The Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the last two lines of the, the scene were hulk smash <laughs> it was, it was avengers the musical but <laughs> have you ever broken anything in a in an audition room i've broken a couple of chairs by mistake
1: oh i don't know i don't know if i've broken anything i've definitely fallen over things i i, oh, I, I did break a, a music stand when i was about to play my trumpet once and then i oh, went you... on to play the trumpet terribly
0: music stands deserve to be broken they're the worst things in the world oh god i hate music stands so much and i am a musician so i'm allowed to say that
1: it's one of those ones where you fold it out into like a thousand pieces and then it turns it looks like a weapon
0: yeah yeah in the (laughs) i was doing a gig once and i uh it was a um it was a conference gig in a, a I think it was a marriott hotel in stoke somewhere and Frenchy. we'd done like we'd done like a flash mob set in in the dinner which was great and then we were staying to do the, the whole evening gig and dj and everything again we had everything set up and it was a really sturdy table so we had mixing desk on it laptops on it again we had some water one end away from the tech stuff i, I we were singing superstition there were three of us so you know Mike stands harmony routines everything we just had this almighty crash behind us and the, ta- the table which had been set up for a good eight hours by now with everything on it had just broken in half knocking all the power out all the electrics out water went all over the stuff all over my laptop the equipment it was absolute chaos and it took us about half an hour to set it all back up oh, well we had about 350 people just kind of looking at us waiting for music to happen and going, can you play some of this instead? I'm like, we can't play anything at the moment, I'm afraid. <laughs> so we can. I mean, that is a show where, where, where. I definitely would have remembered. Oh my goodness! But I didn't know what to do. What to do? We asked, you know, we we got the equipment from the venue. They said, "This play will us, be play us fine. out, Johnny." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: under I mean, the sea or nothing.
1: <laughs> I mean, the shows where things go wrong are the ones that you remember for the rest of your life. The things that happen that go. Yeah. The worst is like, well, no one's ever gonna get to see this happen. I went to I went to a charity gig at the Palladium uh, for a really it was a really positive course it, uh, um, positive cause for um, what was the ice bucket challenge everyone did uh, the ALS ALS Society. Yeah, it was for that, and there, and it was really really lovely. There was loads and loads of families and a certain popular. Um, Guitarist song maker from a very film, very famous film that rhymes with a schmouter, a, a schmouter schmoy Um, <laughs> came on, Jurassic Park. Uh, it was definitely that. And he <laughs> came on with his guitar, and he pl- you only got five minutes and then you were off. He played for 10 minutes and he came on with hat and sunglasses. And was he was really odd. I think he'd been taking some schmo And um <laughs> oh dear. And he someone in the front row of the audience just said, Take off your glasses, mate. And then he immediately swore at the person in the front of the <gasps> front row. No. And uh he then got more and more angry as he went on because he was told to get off the stage at one point because he went on for too long. And um The glasses comment really upset him for some reason. And then he just turned around and said, he was like, the guy hosting, he was like, John, you know, I'm only doing this for you, mate. I'm not doing this for anyone else. After we just had a presentation of a load of kids on the stage in wheelchairs. And then he proceeded to finish by, uh, he smashed his guitar live live on stage, called everyone, the worst word, and then left. And we were all in the audience of the Palladium like, this is amazing. We're never I bet donations gonna, went through the roof. Oh, we're never gonna witness this happening ever <laughs> again. This is it wasn't a character actor or anything. No, no, he. I don't know <laughs> what was happening. I mean, you could probably deduce who it was. I later googled him and found out that he does this at festivals all the time because um, he has a bit of a problem. But it was it was insane. It was just like, it, and then the host came back out and said. Oh, I don't know what he was upset about. I think it's because he lost the
0: ruffle. That's not going to top it. How do you, t- <laughs> as a as a compere and an MC, how do you top that? I Goodness don't know. It me. was,
1: I mean, I will never forget that evening now. Um, <laughs> but you know, weird things happen on stage.
0: So let's head back to the casting room now. Okay. Um, this is a this is great is it again this is a a, an instance of it just your mind kind of fixating on one thing and getting carried away with the moment and then completely reverting to the wrong piece of information uh this is from an actor uh that was going for one of their first uh musical auditions after graduating pressure they say one of my earliest professional auditions was for a rock musical We needed to bring in a musical theatre piece and a classic 80s rock song. Now, that's like my dream audition, to sing 80s and musical theatre. When I was a performer, that was like, yes, please. That's, That's like what I was brought up on. Okay. He continues. Now, my knowledge of 80s rock songs was, and is, fairly limited. But I decided on one I already knew and loved. Jessie's Girl by Rick Springfield. Admittedly, I had first learned the song from my teenaged favourite chick flick, 13 Going On 30. Now in the movie, a character famously messes up the artist's name, saying Rick Springsteen, to which he is promptly corrected because he's an ignorant twit. I go into my audition fresh-faced and still technically in acting school. The casting table is excited to see someone new and to make some pleasant small talk with them. Now, they asked me what I was going to sing for them. I said, I had Jessie's Girl, to which the woman at the table squealed and said, Oh, my favourite! I then said, I also have whatever musical theatre song I took from uh, an 80s-inspired show. She grimaced in disgust and said, Oh, oh, all right. Well, I'll leave Jessie's Girl for last then, so we finish on a good note. (laughs) Wonderful. Brutal. I sing and finish my cut of the musical theatre song, which was moderate. I then say, and here's Jessie's Girl by blanking briefly rick Springsteen. her eyes widen and her head tilts i smile sheepishly and start shakily sing the song i didn't get a call back <laughs> <laughs> so, again because you because you knew that thing from like your favorite film the yeah. nerves of the room especially when somebody kind of cuts you off quite bluntly and so abruptly, did she not did you- get she didn't get the reference from the film well, i i i guess not i think i mean unless she did and she just went you haven't done your research or what? i don't know but i would have if i had to explain it i would have explained it or if she didn't like actually it, what i what i've what i've just done there is uh, <laughs> just uh, good. i tell you this funny story <laughs> like oh the, the poor guy i mean you, like if you if you go in with such energy and then someone is just like Meh. and like pulls the plug out yeah it can drain hard you, to and get it really past. changes
1: the way that you give them you give it to them but you yeah. know if she didn't like the reference smash the place up yeah
0: <laughs> there's another door handle to come off as <laughs> well yeah is there a fire exit I, here? if there was ever someone who came in and, and presented something that i didn't necessarily like i don't think i would have said oh okay I think I would have said, "Have you got anything else with you?" And and you know, oh you yeah, just go, okay. Her. Well, that's on the I tell you what, director. we'll hear a bit of that, and then let's hear that that one because that's my favorite again. So, t- it's always useful to try and keep it as positive as you can. But then again, casting teams—they've been in there for hours upon hours. So, you know, it's it's no one's fault, as it were. But with one of the being one of your first auditions, I can understand why that maybe. Oh, bless them! Yeah, I've
1: I had an audition, um, uh, late last year. For a woman who is renowned for being really unpleasant to go in castings for
0: oh no and um, good.
1: and I I got warned about her before I went in to meet her and uh, I had a really really like bad experience and I knew that I was I think I probably went in with the uh, the sort of like preconceived ideas of what it was gonna be like and she surpassed them like, instantly um it was there was like a scene where we were in a gym and there was a guy who was having to sort of like berate me because i was um i i was like the the big guy in the gym and the other guy who was meant to be the personal trainer was he was like a new graduate he was very young and she made him almost cry in the casting like she was brutal are you kidding no no she was really really harsh and to the point where like when we came out of the casting i kind of like gave him a bit of a nudge and a wink and i i said let's walk to the tube together and i just said like don't worry about that like it it happens it's it's nothing
0: to do with you and it's it's nothing personal but happens to all of us it's not a big deal i mean it shouldn't happen to all of us (laughs) no but that's um... that's to make to go to the point of to make somebody cry by the way that you speak to them in a casting room, is absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, but
1: funnily enough, I then got called in to go meet her again uh, exactly a week later, and um, oh. I've I'm I had only met this casting director once. With that horrific experience. But it all lasted about 10 minutes. And I mean I've met casting directors. Like 10, 20 times. They still don't remember my name. Or really who I am sometimes. Because they see so many people. But when I went back in one week later. And I sat in the uh, little room outside. She instantly went over to me. Said hello to me. Knew my name. Remembered me from the week before. And was so... Freaking polite to me, and so disgustingly cute with me that I was like, "I know what you're doing here. You're you're referencing the fact that you were a terrible human being the week before by oh, trying mate. to be really, really nice to me." And I was like, "It's just not. I just didn't give her anything because I was like, I just don't. I was like, I'm here to get a job. I'm not here to, to 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 live out your 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 weird fantasy." Oh, mate so oh dear i mean i'm fine with it if it had been like five years ago i probably would have been crying myself but you know i was i was (laughs) like i was like i'm i'm professional Uh, i think i've i've been see her like one more time before so like she clearly likes me or she's just apologizing for the fact she was awful that one time by getting me in hey people
0: people have bad days and i think you know it's 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 a tough job isn't it like you said they go a, a team a casting team before even that you get into the room they may have had thousands of submissions for a, 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 mm. a thing as well so it's also it's who a runs a casting job. on monday morning at 10am oh no 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 for no what no, 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 no. start in the afternoon come on give you um, give yourself a lie in it's all right cuz casting teams are looking through spotlight cvs throughout the weekends as well i've got i've got one more for you this week josh and then i want one more from you okay hit me up as well up. So this one, this one's just come in, so I have to do a bit of editing on the fly. Fresh, fresh off the pile. Fresh, 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 Um, So this is an actor going for a, uh, quite a big international production of uh, a musical. Quite a dance based musical. I was in a dance call at Pineapple. The resident director and choreographer are marching us through this fairly complex choreography. Crazy hard, because I can dance quite well, but hard enough to push you. They are direct. They are fierce, and they are not taking prisoners. Now, I'm executing a roll on my bum into a split, with my legs in second position, in the air, on the floor, and rip. My tracksuit bottoms split all the way down my crotch, exposing my, thankfully, dance-belt-covered genitals. (laughs) You could hear the rip all the way through the room. There was a full-on sound of it. This, and we can all imagine the sound straight away. <laughs> this happened right in front of the resident choreographer. She looks, having spent the whole time being quite militant, tries to suppress a lot of laughter. <laughs> I carry on with the dance, and at the end, I have a recall to get in I have a recall to get to in Ealing for a different tour and have had to leave early. I asked him if I'm needed for the afternoon, and the resident choreographer says, "No, thank you, darling." I've seen quite enough of you already today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I mean, choreographers must have had that happen so many times. Oh. Especially for someone, if, if they haven't been to a dance call, or they weren't particularly dance trained, but they have to go to a movement call or anything, and they just wear the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, they didn't me. sound like durable trousers. But I
1: mean, that, I have well, no, clearly not. I have great admiration for like dancers and musical theatre trained actors who have to go to those those calls where they're all in the pineapple studios, all sweating and elbowing to to, to get through to the next round. Like I have so much appreciation for what they do. Um, I put my foot through a shoe once. Put your foot through a shoe.
0: Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but we had to do like a lunge or something, or there was like a a, a really kind of emphasized like angular angular thing on my right leg so it kind of put my right leg out as if i was doing a lunge and my foot hit the floor but my toes carried on wow. and my shoes just kind of separated and went like that nearly <laughs> tore all of my muscles at my leg I those was like, poor shoes that. poor me i think i'd rather the I shoe don't flex- thing i'm not that than flexible
1: <laughs> than my crotch coming out but they were the shoes i had to wear home <laughs> nothing a little duct tape on shot out don't worry like flapping as i go on the train back home but oh goodness i think we need these stories though i think that's the thing i'm taking away from that is like these are in the moment they're probably terrifying but they're 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 really they're really good you know (laughs) they're really good things to help you carry through this really um horrific and messy industry that we're in you know it
0: reminds everyone that everyone's human as well and also the it happens to everyone and it's absolutely fine you can throw them away and it doesn't matter whether it's a you know a negative uh, personality experience like you've mentioned or it's you ripping your crotch in the middle of a dance and they'll definitely remember her they'll remember you well actually the next line says the good thing is the casting director gave me a call by the next day uh, to come in for a lead role in a different production. So I obviously stayed on their mind.
1: Exactly. There nice. we go.
0: So
1: I have to do a lot of weirdly, I get asked to do a lot of um, castings where I end up having to get into a dressing gown and do something quite nude. And I don't. Haven't I seen
0: you in an advert when you've been in the dressing gown? my its just one of my dreams. I <laughs> did.
1: I did. I had to do a, a completely naked uh, TV ad for Germany last summer, and oh um, and that was such. I mean, I'm confident with my body, but that was such a weird experience because there was like 50 people on set, and there was clients watching big TVs in the in a in a the house next door, and I just thought this is so surreal, and I've got my my manhood out and they gave me like those they gave me like a little pouch merkin thing to wear but they the straps couldn't be hidden by makeup so i had to some scenes i had to be butt naked so it was really really odd to say the least but um (laughs) i think one of my weirder experiences uh is i actually that 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 casting was quite nice and i had a really positive experience during that actually because I I got to a point where I didn't have an audition for a couple of months and I think that can either do really crazy things for you or which yeah. can be really good because I think it pushed me to just do anything to try and get seen for a job and I think at the time I was doing a lot of like absurdist comedy and clowning and I got asked if I wanted to do this this charity casting event for um, Hammond and Cox and it was this weird thing for Red Nose Day where they were doing 24 hours of casting from 7 p.m. one night to 7 p.m. the next night and they went all through the night and I applied and I said oh I'm gonna just I'm gonna do a a a mermaid comedy thing Uh, I remember this I I I decided I didn't know what I was gonna do I just made up the title and then I said I was gonna go and then I I, I think a couple of days beforehand, I bought a mermaid costume and I wrote this little mermaid <laughs> monologue about a mermaid who fell in love with a half uh, half man, half fish, but the half that was a fish was the top half. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to base it on the end speech from Love Actually when the, he's confessing his love to um the uh the spanish woman up on the balcony so i wanted to make it this really like dry (laughs) emotional speech but dressed as a mermaid and when i went there i i i was asking people what they're doing and there was a lot of shakespeare and there was a lot of singing and i think they'd seen probably a good like 10 hours already of um monologues and i think um when I walked in dressed as a mermaid with my top half out, um, and uh, and a water pistol in my back, I think they were a bit confused. <laughs> I thought they were going to find it funny from the off. I thought this is this is weird. They're going to like this. And there was like seven people in there drinking wine, obviously to get through it. And they were like, "What is happening?" Oh, they were hammered as well. I think they were drinking. Yeah, because it was like oh. it was like midnight by this point. It's also really surreal because. You're in a casting room that you've had like serious castings before and and like and it becomes a new sp- kind of vibe, like you're it's midnight, it's weird, it's odd. And so <laughs> I walk in and then I I had my little like boom box and I put my music on, which is the opening music to love actually. Blim, blim, blim. And I do my little speech and I get very emotional, and then I have a bubble gun and I kill myself at the end, and then I spend around like 15 seconds just flapping like a fish on the floor and then it finished and then i did a bow and then i left <laughs> <laughs> and i was and they live streamed it and they all i think they all thought it was the weirdest thing they'd ever seen and I, they laughed a few times so i mean i think they did laugh i think they did find it sort of funny but like not like <laughs> i i don't think they were fully on board um did you did you bow and just say
0: thank you very much for your time
1: and then... Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I just, I was like, I was, uh, yeah, I just left. And then, and then um, that was on like the Friday night. And then on the Monday, I get an email from uh, Tom or Michael and they just said, oh, really like what you did. That was really, really weird. Um, we actually have something that we think would be really right for you. If you could come in tomorrow, we'll let your agent know. And so I got the the invite to go in and it was for this character for this uh, called Derek for this naked German TV advert um, shot in Turkey where I was completely naked um, being uh, really, really weird. And so I went in <laughs> and they and they were just they just referenced, like, just do the same thing you did before, but with this other script. And so I did that and I was very comfortable because I think when someone invites you in personally from a positive experience and you have like a mild connection, it gives you that really nice feeling that we love as actors, which is that, that like recognition that we're good at what we do. And so those like good vibes really pass through into like, into other stuff you do with them. So like when I went in, I already felt like I'd, I'd already got the job, even though I hadn't or may not get the job. I felt really good about it. So um, so when I went in and did my stuff, I, you know, it was, it was really fun and I had a lot of fun with it and, and, um, more so than I would if I just got a casting and then I got the job and I went to hey, film and it was, a, there we go. Yeah, it was a really nice sort of through line for getting a job. Like it was one of those really nice experiences that, um, that I will, I will take forward cause it was, it was just, it was really lovely.
0: You're the naked mermaid guy, naked mermaid guy. Before we go, we like to ask all of our guests, what's the one addition to auditions that you would make to either make it better or to enjoy it more or you think would be a really good improvement to the whole process? So I think before you go into your casting, both
1: you and the casting director should share one embarrassing sentence. You don't have to reference it or explain it. You should just do a little bow and say, I drink. Yoghurt through a straw. Or I kiss my cats. Or I wear socks with flip-flops. And then do your audition. (laughs) Because then (laughs) I think what we were talking about earlier about everybody is human. It will make us seem more human and then we can feel relaxed in the room. So what would yours be? I would bow and I would say... "Mm, What would I say? There's so many... Things I wouldn't want to share on this podcast. <laughs> now I know that I'm not anonymous. Um,
0: <laughs> mm. Mine, mine would be. I have a genuine phobia of bananas. Genuine phobia of bananas. Genuine. Phobia. I, can't. I can't. I can't even say the word. Uh, you poor man. That I can't. I, I can't. That's um, a that's a really good idea, Josh. I that, I have a rubber ducky in my bath still. Oh, that's good. That's just that's just cool. That means you're an adult. <laughs> well, Josh Harvey, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> and there we have it. Another episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. A huge thank you to Josh for joining me over Zoom uh remotely, of course. We were still very very much in lockdown when we recorded this. Um, Josh is incredible he's got uh, some wonderful wonderful work going on that he's kept going throughout this this kind of period with no theatre as well and he's a wonderful member of The Lampoon's Comedy uh, who have done a load of sketches and video content you can find them on Instagram and Twitter as well We'll make sure we share some stuff to our stories in our Twitter this week as well. You should definitely go and check them out. Also, in the podcast description and on Twitter, we will make sure we note down Josh's two choices for organisations that you can help during this time of uncertainty for theatre. We'll link them below and also on our Twitter. So please do, if you're able, make sure you help them and also as the week goes on please tell everyone about the show we have such a good time interacting with you guys and making sure that all of our stories come from the very heart of the performing world <laughs> every week my emails go ping 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 and it's one of my favorite things to so sit with a coffee read your submissions through decide which ones are going to go in which episode and just i just cry with laughter some of you are being so <laughs> honest and i I salute you all. I salute you all. Also, obviously, I've got to relive all of mine, which is horrific. (laughs) Um, Do share the show, like we said. Also, if you're able to and you fancy it, make sure you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you can. It's a simple thing you can do to help the show. It's free theatre content, free performing content, and and it genuinely helps us reach some new people and tell new people about the show so if you've enjoyed it make sure you tell someone new and then hopefully we can turn them into a new friend of the show and learn all about their disasters too and if you're not a performer you can just chill out and uh, just laugh along it's great thank you so so much for listening we are going to be back next Friday with another episode Uh, we release them at 7 o'clock on Friday mornings, so they're all there when you wake up but for now have a lovely week stay safe wash your hands wear a mask and remember don't call us We'll call you. Goodbye!